Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Let me tell you something. God is not playing with you. God's not playing with me. God is not playing with we. God is not playing with us. Now, it's a couple of things that, you know, if I was a gambling grandbaby, that I can put money on some stuff. Like, no, I know that I know that. And then there's other couple of things that I may not know a lot about. But what I can honestly say is that this season that I am in, God is not playing. It seems like if there was a running theme that keeps being highlighted and going across my feed, going across my ears, going, he's getting it to me in all kinds of ways. The message could not be any clearer. And it is slow down, be present, take off the anchor of all the things that accumulated in life. And I cannot describe to you, I just literally have been coining it as new level of freedom unlocked because I actually got a visual I visualize all of us as being our own customized boat, whether it's a yacht, whether it's a little motorboat, whatever it is, all kinds of boats, okay? And with each boat, depending on what happened to you in your past, there's an anchor to represent certain things that are weighing you down. And what I'm starting to learn is people are trying to maneuvered through life with the anchors still attached. Some because they feel like, you know what, I don't even want to put the time in to going that deep into the ocean, deep into my soul to go ahead and get the anchors out. I don't want to do the work necessary. I'm a little afraid of what I'm going to find if I go that deep into my soul. Matter of fact, I don't feel like I have the time to set aside to do that. As a matter of fact, I feel like I've been functioning at a higher level or at a successful you know, level. So why should I have to do it now? Also, comma, parentheses, all the, you know, quotations. Uh, I don't really want to do that by myself because healing is hurtful because you have to go back in the wound that you covered up, that you went ahead and put an infected Band-Aid on. And now those things have to be snatched back. Now those layers have to be pulled back. And it's like, but it's going to hurt again, right? But this time it would heal properly. No one wants to do that by themselves. No one wants to take the time to invite other people to help them with that, to assist them with that. No one else really wants to be aware enough to say hey you know what I have been noticing that no matter how much I press this pedal in life no matter how much determination and willpower and tenacity that I put behind this I do still feel like there are some things that are weighing me down but to be honest with you I couldn't even identify it because I'm used to being this heavy I'm used to operating in this level of heaviness I'm used to operating where if I press down and I should be at 60, as long as I'm, you know, not doing the bare minimum, as long as I'm doing enough to actually get down the road, as long as I'm doing the bare minimum to actually see that, you know what, I'm not where I was, then I'm okay with that progress. But what we don't understand is that the anchors are still slowing us up. The anchors are still there 
And it's making noises that you've immune yourself to. It is it's rusting the longer that we're keeping it that low. Like the anchors were set in place at a certain time to maybe have a stop, but it wasn't supposed to stay. And I really believe that we are boats with anchors. And it looks a lot like, like God made it so clear to me. He showed me life in three phases. And maybe because I'm just getting a revelation now, maybe because there's three trimesters. He showed me past. He showed me present. And he showed me future. He says, so what's happening is people are in the present projecting into the future that they're not even at yet being weighed down at the past that they won't even confront. So what segment of life do you actually begin to live? And I was like, Oh my goodness. You can literally be sitting in the seat of today Have your mind, your will, your goals, your everything so far projected into the future that you don't even realize when you get there, you're not going to be satisfied with the things that you were blessed with because you have not healed the past. Wow. So I sat with myself and I asked God, so what's the proper way to live? He said to sit in the presence of God presently where you are today to help him help you unravel the anchors of the past so that once you are finally released of those anchors, that every day will be a wonderful day, that it will actually be a present. You'll be present enough to enjoy your present, but you cannot do that absent of God's presence. So you can literally have a life where every day You are literally experiencing new things like your palate will be changed because your, your past will be healed. So your perspectives will look different. The way that you operate will be with a softness. You'll have a cadence about you that wasn't there before. You'll have a melody and you'll have new words to the song. You'll have a new song in your life. It won't be as suspenseful and as Friday the 13th is. Like you'll actually have something that looks like you can rest every day of your life. Not just when you're asleep. Not just when you're on vacation. Not just when you get that long weekend. That rest will be the constant state of your soul because you're free. You're not weighed down. You're not weighed down from the past. You're not so projected in the future that you're weighed down with what ifs and trying to make stuff happen in your own strength like you can actually live today look forward to tomorrow and be free from yesterday oh my goodness God is not playing with me he's not playing with you he's not playing with we he's not playing with us Because he's really, really trying to drill in the idea of, listen, his only begotten son did this gruesomely brave thing on Calvary, nailed everything that you could ever be held back from on the cross in the name of Jesus, died and rose on the third day, gave us the Holy Spirit, is sitting on the right hand of God, did all these wonderful things for us, both in present and in the spirit realm, and yet we walk around 
nailing ourselves to crosses and trying to drag them through life and we'll get to the end of that life and 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 just hope that at least we get a well done by God but it's like wait a minute you missed the whole thing where he said I want you to have life and life more abundantly wait a minute I left peace to you peace that the world can't give you like what's hold on I said that if you free you'll be free indeed I said it in John time out uh, it's like imagine taking on such a debt for humanity and they looked at that and they cried about that they wrote songs about that they acknowledged that you're the savior but they never rested in the saving grace they never got to the place that they were like you saved me from debt living you saved me from having a mundane, unfulfilled, I have to type of driven life. Yes, you died on the cross. And yes, I believe and I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and you'll do all that. But your life will look a lot like dead living. And I feel like God gives you what is needed, not only for the season that you're in, but for the doors that he's getting ready to walk you through. And the doors that he's getting ready to walk me through, he is doing some things that I'm like, wow, I don't even, I'm not even unwise enough to ask, why is all this happening now? I know exactly what's happening. You get trained to read in a certain grade because they already know next grade, uh, you're going to have to start reading some chapters now. You start to learn your ABCs, like every grade builds on upon another. The teacher knows what's coming up in the grades to come, so they know where to kind of get you proficient in now. And so I am not unwise enough to think that God is just, you know, kind of slow them perusing through like hey you know what you haven't learned this yet let me just pluck this into your life I'm very aware that I'm actually in school I take every season like I'm enrolled I take every season like okay you know what I'm about to be on the honors honor roll because I will not repeat this again because I understand that there are some lessons and God is not a God of a repeat and I know that he wants to make sure that you don't miss out on certain things and I get that but I want to be such a great student I want to be like Noah he don't have to repeat how many cubics and you know cypher go for wood and then make sure you put the tar in that Mm -mm. he told Noah the instructions once Noah never went back and was like time out you said you said some type of wood it starts with the um I had the tip of my tongue it starts with a g it's like so I want to be that kind of student I don't want to be perfected but I want to be present because when you're present you soak everything in when you're present it starts to take on its own revelation you start to, that's why he said, meditate on the word day and night. Cause he's like, listen, you'll think you just reading words. And what you don't understand is that you're storing armor. The Holy spirit will remind you of what I said, remind you of what you read at the season that you need to know it. So yeah, go ahead and read. I don't care if you didn't get goosebumps this time. I don't care if you felt like, oh, I didn't really like whatever it is, just continue to build the armor. And I really am getting to the point that I'm like, okay, so if this is a season, because I know that nothing is coincidental after I read Ecclesiastics, um, everything is nothing new under the sun. So I have to literally make sure that I am so present in these seasons that I don't mistake it for like, oh, maybe it's just me. I know that it's not. And that was in the Bible. Yeah, just know when you suffering, uh, that your brothers and sisters also suffering. Like he let it be known. I think it was Paul. 
And it's not even, if I'm honest with you, it's not even a suffering. Because if I'm honest with myself, I have already been suffering. This level of unlocking new levels of freedom feels exactly like that. Hence why I coined it that. It literally feels like, wow. You ever seen those videos where people are going to the chiropractor and you hear the, and they're like, you think like, yikes, that sounds painful, but they're actually giving a sigh of relief because they've been in pain through the improper posture. They've been in pain because of that one thing that didn't heal right. They've been in pain. I actually saw a man that literally was some form of paralyzed. You beat that in the name of Jesus. And he had more mobility after the chiropractor adjusted him to his correct state than he had his entire life. And so that's what I see this as. I see this as a chiropractic spiritual because he loves me and he knows what's to come situation. I'm just going to session after session after session. And I'm like, oh, I guess this is just what we're doing. So you know what I'm going to do? I am not unwise to think that I'm a kick and scream. I'm not unwise to think that, oh, you know, every time I look around there's something. No, God, I, I love the fact that you entrust me with this. Because there's people crying that they can't hear from you. And the fact that you're talking to me constantly, I do not take that for granted. There is power in hearing God. Because literally, you are supposed to be Holy Spirit led. So how are you to be led if you can't hear? How do you be led if you don't know how to discern his voice versus your emotions versus the world? Like it's a whole bunch in that. But I dare not sit in this season like this is a dime a dozen. I'm clear. Yeah, you read Job. He was crying out for umpteen chapters. Who knows what the timeline was? And God was saying, zilch. I don't want that life. I'll have a nice day before I do that. You can have a nice day. I'm going to have a nice day. It's going to be done. But one of the things that I've realized while being enrolled in this particular season is that when you read stuff, especially in the living Bible, there are things that project out to you that you're like, Ooh, God is trying to talk to me about this because I've read this before and I didn't get this revelation before I read this before and it didn't hit like that. So this is like, okay, you, you made sure that you put a jalapeno directly on my portion. And I'm like, I, this cannot be <laughs> mistaken for anything else. This is strictly spiritual jalapeno sauce at this point. And so I literally want to read what I like to coin the worry chapter, Matthew six. And I am the person that I not only want to hear God's voice, I want to discern the posture I'm supposed to have from what he's giving me. And I cannot deny the fact that he's been trying to not only quiet me enough to get this word to me, but he's been trying to show me the pace that he wants me to have in life by how he's even speaking this. I was like, oh my goodness. So an elder once told me if it's in red, it's what Jesus said, right? So to me, this is literally God speaking. So I want to start Matthew 6, you know, I read in the NLT version. I want to start from verse 24. No one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Stop. I was like, oh, I couldn't even get past verse 24. 
No one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. And I was like, why does that word enslave? Like it almost projected out, out the, the scripture for me. So I went ahead and looked it up. So I went to the new Oxford dictionary and the bishops over there to look up what the word enslave means. And it means to cause and it says parentheses, someone to lose their freedom of choice or action. I said, hmm, to cause someone to lose their freedom of choice or action. And I said, God, most of these people are enslaved to their jobs. Most of these people are enslaved to their tangible item. Most of these people are enslaved to the way that they think. Most of these people are enslaved. And he was like, I know, and I'm entrusting you to help free them. I said, hmm, read it again. Enslave to cause someone to lose their freedom of choice or action. Do you know how disheartening it is to know that somebody needs a day off, but they don't have the time, the time to take off at work to the PTO, the annual, the whatever. Do you know how disheartening it is to know that somebody has a special occasion coming up, but because the job can't compensate for that, then they have to literally choose between not being compensated or going to the company. Do you know how disheartening it is to actually see people in a physical state of illness, but have to push through that and not get the rest that their body desperately needs because they will be behind on their work? Do you know how disheartening it is to know that somebody is in a unit, in a company, in a career path that they do not feel like they are wired to do any longer or never was to begin with, that they have a desire to do something different, but because it's not as lucrative as they would like it to be, they'd rather stay stuck, stagnant, and enslaved. Now, if I'm honest with you, that type of stuff really gets to me. And God was like, oh, if you think it gets to you, you can imagine what it makes me feel like. Because I told people that if they, once they are set free, they are free indeed. So once you went ahead and accepted the salvation package, there is nothing to be enslaved to. That's why he was like, listen, the, the, the slave, the only time that I really truly remember reading something about slave which is like the lowest form of freedom. Zero zings and got no higher, right? Was when he said the borrower is slave to the lender. So he wanted us to really understand debt and how he looks at that. And that's between you and the Lord and how you going to deal with that. But to be enslaved, I was like, ooh. So back to the chapter. 24, Matthew 6. No one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. But God, what about the bills? You cannot save God, 
serve God and be enslaved to money. But God, what about all the big tangible things coming up? You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. But God, but you don't understand, like, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to work this particular financial plan. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. See, God, this is biblical times. I don't think that you understand that modern day times, uh, we have a little bit of a different thing. It's like mortgages. It's not like in the disciple days. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. The Bible says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I don't care if it was 1800, 2022, or 2059. Whatever it is that God is saying, it is forevermore. And he is saying what he is saying. He said what he said. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. That means that your choices should not be because of the dollar. That means that if it feels uncomfortable to you, it should not be overridden because of the dollar. That means that if it doesn't align with your moral or where you're going to go or where you see that God is trying to take you, you do not say yes for the dollar. The person that said yes for the dollar was actually Judas. He's the one that was like, yo, how much y'all say y'all giving? Oh, y'all giving 30 pieces of silver? Bet. Let's go ahead. He overrode what he knew to be right. He overrode what he knew to be true. And he said, you know what? I'm making this immoral decision based on money and no it may not be in the same guideline as Judas but that's the same principle what are you overriding with your family with your own personal things that you care about what are you overriding because at the end of the day you have committed to money what's the definition for enslaved again so glad you asked to cause someone to lose their freedom of choice or action. Man, these people, they giving me deadlines. And why can't you just say no? Well, I'm going to lose out on the money. Oh, mm. Why can't you free up your calendar? Oh, no, I don't want to lose that deal because. Mm. Well, why can't you just tell such and such you don't want to go to that particular networking event? No, because then I got to keep the people. Mm. Sounds like you're losing your freedom of choice or action. Enslaved, perhaps. It's, give, it's given enslaved. Yes? Maybe? Okay. I'm going to read 24 again. No one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. So when I told you that when I'm reading, pause, I, I, I hear the tone that God is trying to project. And I think this one is giving a very, I am clear on what I said. I said what I said and I said what I'm going to say. I am that I am. <laughs> you understand? And then I detected a level of softness after that. Look at the transition. 25. This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? 26. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? 27. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? 28. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. 29. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. 30. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers, 
that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? 31. So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? 32. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. 34. So don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's troubles is enough for today. I could not help but to just hear the softness of like, enjoy your life. Why are you worried about all this external stuff? He even tried to get d- divert attention to look at the birds. Some of us are too busy to even notice the birds. It's like, who, what? Oh, yeah. Wow, I didn't even notice. Oh, that's a whole nest over there. Like, right. He's like, look at the lilies. Lilies? God, I don't know the last time I seen a lily. Yeah, because maybe you're living too fast. Because you're enslaved to money. So everything is rush, 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 rush hour, rush lunch, rush deadlines, rush, 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 overwhelm, rush, 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 overwhelm. And that's not the melody that he wanted for your life. Like even reading this, it's like, oh, it's an exhale in this. It's a bold header in 24. And then the rush just reads like, oh my gosh, what a beautiful life. All right, back to being rushed. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? Like, actually, real talk, I want to read it again without saying the verse numbers. And I want you to just hear God. Hear what he's trying to infuse in you. Hear what he's trying to get you to actually take on and grasp on. Because this is not just happenstance. This is not a coincidence. God is trying to get something to you because he's trying to do something through you. And if he cannot get this to you, then it's nothing that you can do for other people. This is important. This is destiny on the line. He has a purpose and a plan for you this is burning bush moment on the side of the the mountain the way that Moses had it he is serious about your growth because he's serious about where you're going and there's people connected to where you need to be and this is big time like yeah I need you to wake up I need you to understand that he's trying to get you somewhere and in order to get you somewhere he has to open up your mind change your perspective because you may or may not be on the right path he needs you aligned to him so that he can get you to where you need to be at the opportune time the perfected will of God and it's like yo I'm gonna go ahead and say it again he's not playing with us not to put a spirit of anxiousness in the chat but very much sit up the principles coming fold your hands a little bit you understand it's a different kind of posture So I'm going to read it again because I feel like that's what he wants me to do without saying the first numbers and just hear what God is trying to get you to see, to hear, and to take on. Scripture is to be digested. It is to be taken in with the mind, with the eyes and dissected in the spirit and planted in the soul so that there will never be division between your soul and spirit again. Do you understand that? Like, this is like one accord. Like we're not, mm, did we hear from God? Did we listen? We're clear that we're clear. 
We're not filtering nothing through our emotions no more. Emotions do not enter the chat. Have a nice day. We are having all our gauges on everything G-O-D, G-P-S. That is it. So again, I digress. And I'm going to let Holy Spirit do what only he can do. We're going to read it again. Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or even enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, For but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. <laughs> Bruh, in a nutshell, like you enslaved to what? For what? Why you letting all these, how are we going to pay the bills and what's going to happen for retirement and, you know, what's going to happen with the college and, we, you know, I'm looking at the bank and we don't got enough to cover. It's like, oh, my gosh. The salvation package. Put on the armor of God. Put on the helmet of salvation. Maybe the helmet of salvation needs to change the way that you think in the spirit. In the name of Jesus, I bind anything that allows us to have the same mindset that the world has. I pray that we put on a spiritual helmet that blocks out anything that would be the same frequency as just regular people. We are foreigners in this land. We don't think the same. We don't do the same. We don't pray the same. And we don't walk the same. And so all of this worrying that starts in the mind and starts to get into our soul and then our physical we start to go ahead and manifest these ailments and all these other medical issues that come from worrying rebuke it in the name of Jesus we will align with what God said we will align with what God said we will align with what God said we're not worrying about any of that the deacon told you and we're about it I worry about it he already told you he already he already went ahead and said that him Okay, that was a good hymnal. Okay, at this point, it's a matter of God just going, yo, you worried about things that I already got you covered for. You're worried about things that, things that don't even mean anything really, like in comparison to you, they don't worry about, the lilies are not worrying about it. The Okay, so you're trying to look at it like, oh, but the lilies, they don't have a heartbeat. Okay, look at the birds. 
They literally are at the beck and call of God because why? They don't store food up to eat in barns. They don't harvest. <laughs> they don't hibernate and have this grandiose plan. They literally got to be like, God, so um, it's tomorrow. What's up? <laughs> we hungry again. Mm, guess what? Surprise. We're hungry again tomorrow. Like it keeps happening. Their every meal is dependent on God. And guess what? Birds are not obsolete. They not in danger. Okay. Shouts out to the eagle. I'm not talking about that grandbaby, but you would think that if some, a species was dependent on God, then at some point he may have, you know, oopsied a little bit and we may not have the pigeons, you know, the parrots and the, no, birds are very much alive and cacawing, okay? They are very much on the cacaw. <laughs> and so God is like, I'm trying to, when's the last time that you heard any, you know, we ran out of lilies. No, they're very much away. They are very much Lillian, okay? Lily is doing great. Her and her grandmama and them grandbabies are doing fabulous. And so God is like, he doesn't miss a step. And here you are being nervous about something. And he's like, bruh, I, I already got all of that covered. If you would just free yourself enough to not be enslaved, you would hear my direction. You would hear my provision. You would hear where I'm trying to lead you. The freedom, there's a abundance that comes with freedom. You get an abundance of peace. You get an abundance of joy. There's an abundance of clarity. There's an abundance of understanding, of knowledge, of wisdom, the fruits of the spirit. It's like, oh my gosh, all of this is a derivative of freedom. And it's like, yes, why do you think the enemy he fights so hard for you to remain clouded and in chaos and confused because the moment you get clear, you'll be too free. So he tries to enslave you with the things of the world. Keep thinking about the bill. Keep thinking about the mortgage. Keep thinking about the rent, the car note. Oh no, what about inflation? Oh no, what about recessions? Oh no, what about the stock market? Oh no, bro, it's too much. It's too much. We cannot be that engulfed in the world that we forgot that God is like, you who I already told y'all you can't serve God and, and be enslaved to money. There's no such thing. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. There's no such thing. No, God, I'm trying to be responsible because you cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. That job is making you sick. But you, you didn't leave yet because of the politics behind it and because of the salary and like, what? Making you sick. Bringing on things that you didn't have when you before you got this position. You're having a panic attack? Rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I'm sorry, you're starting to, it's starting to increase your anxiety. You're starting to rebuke that in the mighty name of Jesus. I'm sorry, so why? Why uh, did they take your car keys from you? Like, why can't you start your engine and go? You're that enslaved to it. I'm sorry. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Because what God has you, the fruit of God having you there is peace. But God, I'm trying. I, I'm, I'm trying to remain peaceful. The byproduct of God being okay with you being there is peace. Peace should be your compass. 
but God, I'm applying to other places and the byproduct, let me explain something to you. That is the equivalent to somebody telling me, Hey, um, those people over there want to hire you, but every day you're going to be next to growling pit bulls. And I, I can or cannot, I won't be able to determine if you get bit on one day or, or the other rebuking the name of Jesus, but, um, congratulations. It pays this much. We can't even get to the last sentence for me because I'm like, hold on. Why are the pit bulls there? Yeah. But if I don't work in like a, um, dog centered environment, then why, why are we? Yeah. So, I'm sorry, that's going to be every day, but who's Pitbull? Like, there's going to be so many questions on my end because, one, I'm not a fan. Two, I'm also not a fan. And three, I don't want to work in those conditions. But every day, people walk into places with spiritual Pitbulls, and they try things to get through the day. You're increasing your coffee intake. Now you, now you suffering with insomnia Beat that name of Jesus. There's so many different, like your soul is sending so many messages to your physical body that you are literally depleting your spirit, trying to continue to be in the place that God left the byproduct of God being somewhere is protection and peace. How do I know? Glad you asked when all those plagues were happening. In Egypt, when Moses was playing that game with Pharaoh, everything that was happening to Egypt wasn't happening to the Israelites. When it was boils on their animals, it was none of that happening with the Israelites. When it was dark over there, none of that was happening over there. Oh, y'all water got blood? You're bad. Ours don't. <laughs> you understand? It was a level of protection and peace. Why y'all crying and stepping on frogs and gnats and all that? Yeah, we cool over here. I ain't going to hold you. And I believe that God gave that descriptive so that we can actually see where I'm at. There's a buffer if God is with me there. There is a buffer. There should not be something that you're literally on your knees asking God, please, please remove me. Please do. No, no. The byproduct of God being there, I don't know why the Holy Spirit has me on this, but maybe you need to hear this, is protection and peace. But are you overriding that because you are enslaved to money? And I understand it. It pays your responsibilities. It pays this, that, and the third. But I read something in these chapters I just read you that got my attention because out of all the things that Jesus was saying, um, I got to a place that when I looked at Matthew 6 and verse 30, he kind of slipped in something that got my attention. It sounds a lot like, and if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Oh, so don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? I said, wait, hold on, Jesus, because you kind of slipped that, um, that PowerPoint, uh, just kind of like, boop, 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 like go back. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So worry is a faith thing? Absolutely. So making these decisions and pretending or being deceived 
to believe that this is just a level of responsibility and you know what, just keep chugging along and the way to get out of this and to actually live a life that's worth living is going to another job, but you're waiting for that. And so you're literally waiting on your freedom as you are okay with, um, and condoning being enslaved. And so at this point, um, you're saying it's a faith issue. Mm -hmm. So how do you separate between God, I'm trying to maintain and be responsible, but I also want to make sure that I'm not enslaved to money. He said, anything that looks like you are trying to keep something together looks a lot like you have chosen who your God is. Because when God puts something together, let no man put asunder. Hmm? Yeah, they say that in marriage vows. But I believe that to be anything that God places in your life. Because when God blesses, the Bible says that it does not come with sorrow. And I'm not talking about one bad day at work or, you know, mm, this was a tough Friday. I'm talking about a perpetual depletion of your soul. That the plant of you is withering. But you cannot make a move of freedom because you are enslaved to money. Because at the end of the day, let me go ahead and say this to you. If they were to pay you your current salary, and I'm going to make a big number because I want to make a big impact. If they literally cut it in half, would you stay? You're like, no, at that point I can't pay. My right. So what does God have to do to get you to move? So that you can be free because how you played it forward is, um, you're fearful of leaving prison, leaving the enslavement because you look at it like, well, at least I'm coasting. Actually you're drowning and you don't realize it because you can still see the light at the top of the, the surface. Actually, you haven't been further from shore and it's a little scary actually you're a little bit too deep into um your own plan that god has to play a spiritual game of marco polo with you for you to come back to what he wants for you because you have it all laid out if you put in this many more years you can go ahead and do retirement and then you can get the bonus and it's like oh god is looking over your shoulder like hmm can't wait till you come back to me for the plan that I already have for your life. I mean, this, this looks cute, but you have no idea. If I were to show you the plan that I have for you in totality, it will blow your mind. And I think the biggest thing that bothers me is that I truly believe that God's plan requires for us to have a certain level of fuel when we get there, but we deplete ourselves in our plan with our bright idea that by the time that God literally gets our attention to go ahead and walk in the fullness of what he has for us, we're too tired, we're too fearful, and we're too insufficient in certain areas to get there with joy. Yeah, like he didn't want that dude for you. He told you many a times, just take a break real quick because you just, I can't. And by the time that he brings a good man to you, you can't even enjoy it. 
Yet he's trying to get your finances together. You can't. It's so literally it's enslavement on so many different levels because I don't believe that enslavement is compartmentalized. I really believe that what you are in one area, you are in all areas of your life. You're just able to better hide it in certain compartments. So you may not be completely enslaved to the money. You may be enslaved to the title. You may be enslaved to the coworkers. You may be enslaved to the commute. You need to be enslaved. But the moment that you see, wait a minute, this is no longer serving me because the byproduct is no longer peace and fulfillment and contentment and satisfaction which is what happens when you are serving in the capacity that God has you serving in, then you have been okay with submitting to being enslaved. My challenge to you is to literally, I really just want you to go back and read Matthew 6 and start from 24 and continue to read it and see what God is trying to project to you in this season of your life. Because I truly believe that he is trying to get your attention and everything has a ripeness to it. If he's trying to get your attention, something is in the queue. I need you to be a student, a student of what he's trying to show you so that we can graduate together. Do you understand that? All right, listen, I uh, feel like you got what you needed. Mm-hmm. You know what these conversations are, though, right? They're life-provoking conversations, conversations that not the average person is going to have with you, but who? Your favorite homegirl. Uh, the YouTube created the number two, Multiply. Uh, the website created the number two multiply.com the patreon the text and the blogging community for show uh strive the letter n inspire all the ways that i am being obedient and using the oil of encouragement that god has given me and i'm excited about it i'm excited to see just like where it goes and what God does with it. Like I'm a fan of his work. I did. I'm sitting in the audience and all like, wow, look at you go God. And it's my life. <laughs> and I'm excited to say that for the first time in my life, I'm not sitting on the edge of my seat in suspense. Like, hold on, cut. Wait, I'm trying to no, like, let God like do your thing. <laughs> do your thing. I'm gonna get some more popcorn. Is that cool? Can I go get some extra butter? Oh, okay. I'll be back. Cause I trust him. Like literally like that's what I'm on. Like it's, it's, weird to hear me say that but like, i'm so proud of myself because this is on a whole nother level i don't have to stare at the screen in suspense i trust him i'm going to the bathroom i'm I, I trust him i trust him let's graduate together you ready i'm ready all right um but i'm gonna go ahead and let you let me go <laughs> we talk later absolutely later <laughs>